And Ty texts me. This is the first time I've ever, ever told anyone this. Ty texts me on WhatsApp. This is like at one in the morning. And he was like, hey, how, how do you feel about sales? Do you like sales more than marketing? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the CEO Journals podcast. Today, I had the pleasure of talking to 23-year-old college dropout turned entrepreneur, Renee Lacard. In just two years, Renee has been able to scale his social media marketing agency to well over six figures, and has generated more than $5 million in revenue for his clients. He currently travels the world, teaching aspiring entrepreneurs how to break free from the nine to five and live life on their own terms. And this is all while running his business from a laptop. We find out that Renee has been lucky enough to work for Ty Lopez and his sales and marketing team. He talks about how he managed to secure this opportunity, the key takeaways from his experience, and how he then used these skills to transition into starting his own agency. Renee even gives a step-by-step process to how he'd start from scratch if he were to lose everything tomorrow. That means from going with no money in the bank account back to his current position today. So without further ado, let's dive straight into today's episode. Enjoy. So Renee, how are you doing? Welcome to the CEO Journals podcast. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So just for the listeners that don't know who you are, if you just want to introduce yourself and explain who you are and what you're doing. Perfect. Um, my name is Renee Lacard. I'm a 23-year-old entrepreneur. Um, I do digital marketing and I specialize in e-commerce. So I have a few different companies that I, I work with and uh, over the past two years, I've generated over $5 million in revenue. Okay, great start. Um, so I just want to start by throwing it back to your childhood. Obviously, you haven't always been traveling the world in private jets, driving an IA. Um, <laughs> who, who are you and where do you come from? So what, where's your, what's your background? So, I mean, I honestly, I grew up in like a small suburb in LA. Um, yeah. I had a single mom. And uh, she raised me kind of all by herself. Growing up, I always kind of felt like I needed to do more and I kind of liked entrepreneurship. But yeah. I haven't really like started until two years ago. So that's when it really started blowing up. I, I remember growing up, I used to tell everyone like, hey, I'm going to do this. Hey, I'm going to do this. But when you don't have it yet, it sounds like, it sounds like you're crazy to people, right? Yeah, I just growing up, I kind of, did the thing, I had a single mom, went to school, super normal kid, like, I wasn't, like, these, some kids are fucking smart. Can I, oh, cu- yeah. can I curse on this? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> oh, yeah, cool. So some kids are fucking smart, and it's, it's crazy, because you know they're going to do something, like, from when they're little. With me, I was the opposite. I was just, like, this goofy kid that was just in school, and I would joke around a lot, and it, it's crazy, and I used to tell people, and it kind of just happened, so. So you say... LA, obviously from, I'm from the UK, we see LA as being this glamorous place, movie stars, all the rappers, all the singers. Was that something that obviously you saw around quite a lot and you sort of aspired to be like that? Or was that not at all because you're in the suburbs? No, 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 no. So people think like, when I say LA, people think like where I live now is kind of like, I live like in in Hollywood, so I live in Hollywood, Beverly Hills, West Hollywood, I guess all kind of close together. Uh, People assume like, when you say LA, they assume that. They don't yeah. assume like the suburb of LA. I think it was like 
LA, keep in mind, LA have like 10 million people, if I'm not mistaken. Like four, 4 million people or seven, something. It's something crazy. The suburb I lived in, it was called West Covina. It's about an hour and a half away from LA in traffic. Um, and they had like 150,000 to 200,000 people. Like it wasn't anything like what you would expect LA to be. Like when you guys picture, when the re- entire world pictures LA, they think like all the rappers, the lifestyle, the fancy yeah. shit. No, <laughs> man. This is, this is as normal as it gets. It was like, I think it was voted the most boring city in California or something. Sounds like the place you want to be. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so how did, you fi- how did you find school? Well, how was school for you? Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. So, to say the least. I mean, so I never had issues in school. I just, it was, it was one of those things I didn't like. Like, I didn't get it. I, yeah. I didn't understand, like, what they wanted me to do. Like, here's a good example. In high school, I had a 2.1. I'm filming a show right now. So I actually went to go visit my, my teacher from high school. Nice. And I was talking to him. And he explained how I never had, like, I never caused any problems. I wasn't a bad kid. I was just, like, doing kid shit. Like, I, I didn't want to do school. Uh, I think I graduated high school with, like, a 2.1. I don't know how your grading system works out there. Yeah, completely different. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, like, how do you guys have it? So, I, so at the moment, for example, I, so we do schools, we we do it differently. So, the younger version of our school is primary school, and then we go into secondary school. Then there's like a sixth form period. So, that would be like a college period that's two years. Uh And then after that, we then go on to university. Personally, myself, I didn't go to university, I went straight into a job. Right. Again, like you say, university just wasn't for me. I didn't fancy it. I've always worked since I was 16, always had a job, just wanted to start earning money. So mm-hmm. that's how it works here. And then so with university, you get different grades depending on obviously how well you've done. Uh, best being a right. first and then 2-1, two, 2-2, one, two, two, that sort of thing. But yeah, so yeah, so I mean, translate similarly. We, yeah, so it was, it was not the best. Like if the, with ours, like a 4.0 would be the best. Yeah. A 2.1 is like not good. Like colleges <laughs> don't even like that. <laughs> so that's, that's what I had. Um, and then I went to college for, I don't know, a couple months, three months. And then I, I just burned out. I didn't like it. And like at this point, like I was, I think I just turned 18. I was so fucking over it, man. Like it just wasn't my thing. And then what? Did you have a plan coming out or no plan at all? Didn't no plan at all. You kind of have a feel. It sounds weird because there's no. I like to give. I tend to give like practical advice, and I, I, whenever I give people advice, I want to make it based off of like logic and like statistics. Yeah. Um, so this is not something I would recommend to people, but I didn't have a plan, man. I, it, I felt it. That was my plan. Like it just yeah. didn't feel right to be in school, and I felt like I needed to do something more. So that's something more. Obviously, didn't happen for a while, but I think I was washing dishes at a Chinese restaurant for the longest time. So then what yeah. switched? What switched? What then made you go, right, now's the time. I need to I need to do something. It wasn't really a switch. It was more of like a, a turn of events. Like I tell everyone like this, like I'm lucky, but not lucky in the sense that you would think. Because when people think luck, they think like, oh, you know, I was washing dishes at a Chinese restaurant and then all of a sudden like, oh, I'm driving an I-8 or I'm like yeah. traveling the world. Like they think it happened like that. And it that's doesn't. not true because it was this long five-year process. Uh, 
I saw a guy and he had like a suit on and he came in to eat at my Chinese restaurant. And like, when you see a guy in a suit and you're a kid, you're like, this guy has money. That's just like what we're taught by society growing up. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I wonder what he does. Talk to him. Um, and like, normally it's weird for kids to ask, like, what do you do? I just straight up, I was like, hey, what do you do? Like, are, you, are you rich? Like, what's going on? Like, what's the situation here? I was very blunt. And turns out he's like a salesperson. He sold cars. So it wasn't anything crazy. Um, but that, that kind of like got me thinking about sales. And eventually yeah. he had me apply to his place. And I ended up washing cars for a little bit. Then I moved nice. into sales. And then in sales, I got really good. Got bored. Cause that's what happens when you're an entrepreneur, like inside you get bored. <laughs> really on to the next one. Yes. So then I ended up doing, uh, I ended up working for Ty. I applied for Ty Lopez. Well, I bounced from like that sales job to another sales job. And then I got bored again. So I ended up working for Ty Lopez. Uh, I applied and then I ended up doing sales for him. And when you're around people that high level, you just start to pick it up and it's crazy how fast it's like magic, dude, like how fast it goes. So what's sort of your, like your journey with Ty Lopez? Cause obviously first going into a job, it's never, you're never at the top. You're never doing the best thing straight away. So where did you sort of start? And then how did you end up being one of his obviously very top salespeople? Um, so I started in, well, I didn't end up in, I, I, ended up, I was in sales for Ty, but I started at customer support. So it was kind of weird for me. It was a little bit of a yeah. risk, but there's the stuff like, People just need to take these because keep in mind, I'm making like 75, 80 grand at my sales job that I was currently at when I applied for Thai, right? And this is in West Covina. So super close to me. It's like five minutes away from like my mom's house where I was living at the time. Convenient. And, uh, yeah, super convenient. And then I go and like this entrepreneur guy that I don't, I don't know too much about, like I interview, I get the job, but they tell me like how much I'm going to make. And I was like, oh, wait, like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but like when you start to like really internalize it, like I could have been there making 80 grand for the rest of my life and been cool, but that's a very normal life. Like yeah. it just didn't, it didn't sit right with me to just sit there and take it. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to drive all the way to LA. I'm going to drive two hours a day to go to this job. Drive so two there hours and back, back or two hours there, no, two, two hours, hours back. One way, and then two hours back. So I was, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, just see what happens like and we'll hope for the best but at the end of the day like I could not stay at that job anymore it was just killing me so I ended up doing that I was working in his customer support department for a couple months two or three months until I eventually got into sales um, I think when they heard me on the phone they can kind of just tell that I did sales prior so then I started doing sales for him and uh, this is kind of if I had to pinpoint a moment where my life changed, it was like this moment right here. I remember I was doing sales for Ty and it was cool. I was learning a lot, obviously not as much as I should have. And Ty texts me. This is the first time I've ever, ever told anyone this. Ty texts me on WhatsApp. This is like at one in the morning. And he was like, Hey, how, how do you feel about sales? Do you like sales more than marketing? And uh, obviously like, at the time I had rent, I had like bills I had to pay. So I was like, yeah, well, I make good money in sales. Like how much am I going to make in marketing? And he ties, I don't know if you've seen Ty's videos. He's a very persuasive person. Who, who hasn't? You accidentally click yeah. on that one video yeah, and man. 
bombarded with ads for God knows how long. Even, he doesn't even try. He just fucking yeah. persuasive. So, <laughs> long story short, kind of message back and forth, and eventually, obviously, I end up in his on his marketing team, and that's where I learned pretty much everything that set me up for all of my future success from that department, that team. Um, and I think when you couple that with stuff that I already had kind of intrinsically, yeah. it, it, it set me up for success in such a huge way. So when did you start? When, when was that point where you went, right, I've outgrown Ty. I need to go out on my own. Who, well, I don't, even think out, I don't even think I've outgrown him. I just think, because there's so much more I could learn. If I could yeah. hang out at the house for free, at his house for free, and not get paid, I would do that just to fucking pick up all the stuff you like all the access yeah. all the stuff you pick up but i think when you're an entrepreneur it's hard to work for other people regardless yeah. of who they are right like i could i could work for i could be bill gates right hand man kind of working for him i would learn so much but at the end of the day it becomes a job like everything becomes a job if it's a job it becomes a job like i don't like people telling me what to do i've always kind of had a natural disregard for authority is probably a really bad thing, but like yeah. it's one of the things that like helped me break out and become an entrepreneur and succeed on my own. So were there any like key takeaways from when you were working with Ty? Like what, what advice would you give to the listeners? So what could he tell you that no, no one else really could have told you in the past? Like any words of wisdom? It's, it's a lot, man. Keep my eyes there for a year and a half. So like, you hear like I still hear these like sayings that he like says all the time, and it's like yeah. to to random people they would just be kind of like, what does that even mean? But because because Ty was like he would drill this into your head, and like I didn't know what he was doing at the time. I was kind of like, oh my god, here this guy is just fucking repeating himself over and over again. But like now it's weird because I have staff now, and when I and when I talk to him, I say the same shit. Like oh my god. <laughs> It worked. It worked. And they're so probably thinking like, the same thing that you were thinking back then. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's interesting how it works. Like, I didn't see it back then, but I see it now. Um, yeah. But it's just stuff like he always used to say, like belts and suspenders, and it's a concept like, and I just that comes off the top of my head. But it's a concept where you're you're super super protected or always prepared. Like, let's say you have a belt and suspenders on, and the belt yeah. breaks your pants stay up because you have the suspenders and vice versa. You have suspenders on yeah. and a belt, suspenders break, the belt stays on. And it's a, a little bit of a weird, like, metaphor analogy. No, I love that. I've never heard that before. I've never but, heard that before. But I think he made it up, to be honest. But it makes sense in, in business. So now when I do, like, a business deal, right, I make sure it's full, all, they're always foolproof. Yeah. Because it's different when it's, like, a belt and suspenders and the only thing on the line is, like, your pants falling. When it's... $25,000, $100,000 on the line, like you have to be foolproof. No, of so course. That's, oh, that's that. huge. Love that. Yeah. Never heard of that saying before. As you say, he might have made it up. Who knows? Um, so when did you, when, how long have you been on your own for? When did you decide to write? Now's the time. So this kind of, kind of messed up, but I started my business while I was working for Ty. Right. And, and I learned that it was kind of taking, I think they kind of knew it too. It, yeah. it was taking my focus away from working there. Um, like I said, it's hard to be around all that stuff and you see Ty killing it. You see all these other kids killing it. And you're like, damn, like I want to do that too. 
So I started my business, I think started my business in, I think, either December of 2017. Um, and then October of 2018, that's when I did everything on my own. And then from October of 2018 to now, it's been the craziest, like, eight months of my life. Like, you hit a, you hit a tipping point with every business. Yeah. Right? Like, your business goes from making, I think I did the math, my business is making thousand dollars a month one thousand to two thousand dollars a month working for ty yeah and like you see this slow like it like starts to ramp up and if you build it and build it and build it eventually just it takes off so it went from doing i don't know i think 20 2017 to 2018 from january to october of 2018 the business did like 50 grand from october to december of 2018 it did another 50 grand and like a, in like a quarter wow. of the time. So first, first three months or first three quarters of the year, it did 50 grand last quarter to 50 grand. And then this year we're closing on like, I don't even know. I didn't want to say it. I don't think I can it's say okay. it, but I'm not going to say it. Don't worry. <laughs> no, don't worry. But that's insane. The fact that you've been able to scale that quick. It's been what, two years. That's yeah, ridiculous. pretty much, pretty much. You're lying. And that's what, ha- that's what happens yeah. with the internet though, man. Yeah. That's why people blow up overnight. The issue with the people that blow up overnight is they can't like sustain it because they didn't go through the right channels to get there. No, yeah. So because I did all the front loading with time kind of happy it took 2 years. And what's crazy, it took even longer than that because I've always been working towards it ever since for like ever since 2013. I used to tweet all the time saying how I was going to do this and do that. Yeah. But the past 2 years has been me actually building and knowing what I was doing. And when you know what you're doing, it like it stands the test of time no that's it's as you say like obviously you've worked for it. it's like not like, well, like you hear these stories about people winning the lottery and they handed all right. this money and then they just go insane because they don't know what to do with it and they end up mm-hmm. worse off than they were before but no yeah so i know obviously a lot of the listeners smma is a massive thing at the moment people are starting up agencies left right and center thinking that it's going to be by the end of the month they're going to have a client they're going to be earning five thousand dollars a month within the first 30 days do you have any advice for that initial client acquisition how would you advise these new startups to go out and get their first client don't fuck around it's super simple um when you go take it seriously Cause a lot of people yeah. when they, cause especially like doesn't help that like Ty is so big about like all this and he makes it seem easy because to him, I genuinely believe it's easy. Right. And when people see, like I contribute to this as well. When people see like the stuff I do, they're like, Oh, like this can't be hard. Like I don't talk like a super educated person. Like I don't always <laughs> post the most educated stuff. I have no degree. People think it's easy, but it's not. So when, when they come in with the mindset of like, I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. It's going to be easy. A, a piece of cake, social media, blah, blah, blah. It's not a fucking joke. It's if you don't take it, cause here's the thing, right? You're entering an industry where I'm in this industry. I know a couple other guys that are in this industry. And when you come in and you're fucking around, you make it super easy for me to crush you. Cause I'm not yeah. fucking around. I'm, I'm here too. Right. Yeah. And it sounds like, it sounds like harsh, but it's not harsh. Because I want people to make money, but at the same yeah. time, they got to take it seriously. Because if they don't, there's nothing stopping me from going and taking your clients. Why would someone want you to run their social media when they have me? 
right? Or another kid yeah. that's just as hungry or someone else that's just, just as qualified. So you have an overabundance of people in the industry. And if you're not the best, you're not going to land clients. So just be the best or try, try to be the best. So obviously people like Gary V and people like that advocate working for free. Would you recommend initially building up that portfolio, going out and saying, right, I'm going to work for free, see what, see if you think I'm good enough and then go in with the, the monthly payment or I, how okay, would you? I see what you're, I see what you're saying. I do advocate working for free. It's, it's hard to say because like when you have your own business, because I understand what you're saying and I'm yeah. all for it. When you have your own business, you don't necessarily have the luxury of working for free. No. If I have a car note and rent to pay and a gas bill, um, I can't go up to people and be like, Hey, let me work for free. Right. Yeah. So I, that's for, that's 100% the best way to learn and build a portfolio is working for free. But yeah. you have to, if you're going to do that, that means you have to have a job on the side to pay your bills or yeah. make sure you have no bills. So all the kids, if you're a kid and you're 18 years old, you live with your mom, go work for free. Yeah. Go work for free. But like, if, like, if you're an adult and it's harder to do it, don't risk, I guess, your well-being to work for free. That makes sense. But if you have no responsibilities, you're a kid, you're living with your mom, dude, you there have no, no excuse to not, yeah, there's no <laughs> risk. You have, you have nothing to lose. Like, and that's the craziest part about life, right? Mm. I have, like, I'm 23 years old. I have nothing to lose. I can literally, I, I thought about, I was thinking about this the other day. I can lose every, my business could go, I can go out of business. I could lose all the cool shit that I have. I have, I'm 23. I have nothing to lose. I have my entire life to rebuild this. That was actually going to be one of my questions. I was going to say, what, what would you do if you just lost everything tomorrow? How would I lost you? lost everything tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, one, obviously I would go into a sales job. Sales is yeah. awesome especially for kids, especially if you're just like, if you're, if you're charming or you're a good like talker, your sales is awesome. Cause you can go jump into a job, make six figures right away. Yeah. Right. Um, so if I lost everything tomorrow, this is what my, I guess my process would be. Step uh, by step. Go ahead. Step by step. One, I would get a sales job. I'll get a sales job. I would go really hard for like three months and stack up like 30, 40 grand, possibly minus taxes, so like 20 grand, right? I would take half of that and invest it into a business. And because I know all the marketing stuff, 10 grand is more than enough to start a business. I could start like an Amazon store, e-commerce store, something to just kind of yeah. get that passive income going. I would stay at the job, obviously, for the next three months, like six months total. And while I'm building that business, I'm making more income and I'm stacking up my cash. And then once that kind of starts making money, cause you have to, businesses always have to hit a tipping point. They don't get going right away. Uh, a lot of like these e-commerce kids, a lot of these e-commerce kids, and I noticed this, and I'm not taking shots at them, but they, they can build Shopify stores really fast, but there's no longevity in that, that business. Yeah. Cause what happens is you find a product, you source it, someone knocks you off, you have to go and find another product. So you're always chasing like this, this thing, right? Like this, like yeah. chasing the rabbit. Whereas if you build a business that is like sustainable and no one can copy it, 
and it's very difficult to duplicate it and it has a high barrier of entry, not every kid is going to go into it. So you'll have like your longevity, you'll be, you'll feel safer as opposed to having to always build something and build something and build something. So that's a, that's my take on it. Cause you can make a lot of money very easily, but yeah. you cannot build a real business very easily. No, couldn't agree more. And no one's got any excuses, as you say. Yeah, no one's go got out any and excuses. do it. Just go out and do it. Um, you're he- obviously heavily based in the media space, social media specifically. Um, mm-hmm. Instagram taking away the likes feature. How do you think that's going to impact um, influence marketing? I don't think they've done it yet. When I, don't think, I think they're testing. I yeah. think they're testing it right. It's going to be weird, man. It's going to be weird because, like, keep in mind, this is some people's validation system. Yeah. Like, have the entrepreneurs in the space buy their likes. It's crazy. So it's like, when that goes away, I think, I mean, I'm kind of a fan because the content will speak for itself. Yeah. Right? Like, these, because there's a lot of kids that, like, want to just enter the space and they fake the funk. They'll go and, like, buy a bunch of followers, buy a bunch of likes. But you look at their page, they have two pictures. And a bunch, like, how, how did you build an audience? How did you build a 20,000 person audience with two photos on your page? Like, yeah. something's fishy, right? Whereas you look at like people that are established or people that are legit. And good example, my, my, my Instagram page has pictures from 2013. You can scroll all the way down and yeah. there's pictures from 2013 of me, me working at the mall, dude. I was at the mall uh, making eight bucks an hour, like, literally. And it's still on my page and there's a reason I haven't deleted it because that's part of the journey. It's part of the process. You have to be proud of that. Yeah. So, and then from there, you kind of see it go up and up. So I like it because I think the content will speak for itself. Uh, The one thing I'm concerned about is it could, depending on how far they take it, because let's say they stop showing follower accounts, they stop showing comments, like there's different ways they can do it where it might ruin the user experience. Yeah, but the guys at Facebook and Instagram kind of know what they're doing, so I doubt they're gonna fuck it up. Yeah, but uh, also I think comments will be the new likes because if they still show comments, people are gonna go and buy comments now or buy just <laughs> so they see a lot of something on because social proof is a big thing. Yeah, no, of course, it's a it's a huge thing. Like I feel like some people only follow me because other people follow me, not because they like my content. I like your content. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> no worries. But no, I feel like you're in my you're in my target like audience though. I feel like you're in my no, target yeah, you audience. know who you know who you want to target. But obviously I like what you say about obviously with the likes as an influencer, you're gonna be doing a branded post. It's not you're not being picked, you won't be being picked anymore based on the amount of likes you get per picture. You're it's truly behind how you are going to be marketing that product in the picture you're posting. So in that aspect, I think it's gonna be beneficial for the brand actually that's buying the post rather than they're buying it hoping it's going to get likes sort of thing because as you say they can just buy the likes there's no real content behind it Mm -hmm. so you can usually tell the value i mean with guys it's harder to build an audience right unless you have real good like insight but with girls like if a girl's hot it's gonna get likes no matter what if (laughs) yeah like it's and like it's so funny because like it's super fucking difficult. Like as a guy, I'm like, damn. Like, I have to post a a picture of me, like, jumping out of a plane or something, like something ridiculous for it to like get attention. Yeah. 
Whereas girls, it's like they post any picture and it gets attention. So that's just the name of the game, part of it. So also that feeds quite well into another question I've got of sort of Instagram glamorizing um, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. How do you feel about that? Do you think what? So his question: What we only see the highlight reel mm-hmm. of your life on Instagram as such in the main pictures you post obviously you can scroll back to the beginning as you say you can see the full right. journey but what you're posting now is the cool stuff that everyone wants to see that you want to grab attention what if you don't mind what is sort of the worst day one of the worst days you've had because we don't get we don't get to see that that's a that's a great question shoot man that's tough to say i mean i feel like i've been like pretty positive this past two years I haven't had any bad days. Only up. Oh, I, you know what? I do have a bad day. That's from when I was 16, though. That's fine. And this kind of, it, it goes to show, like, how your perspective changes. And if you think something's bad, it's not really bad. Yeah. Um, I was 16 years old. I had just gotten my first car. Super happy, right? And I'm driving, but I'm texting while I'm driving. And I'm texting this girl. I, I had a crush on her. I'm texting her, like, and like when you're 16 and you're texting a girl, you get excited. So I'm <laughs> driving while I'm texting her. I was not paying attention. Um, and I like switch lanes and I crash my car. Totally. My first car when I'm 16, it was my fault. So my insurance goes up. My mom was out of the country. She was in the Philippines visiting her relatives. So she's freaking out. Um, I'm kind of just here by myself. Like, my car's crashed. I don't know what, what to do. do. I'm like 16 yeah. years old. My mom's not here. Like, and I, my mom was the only person in my life. Like my mom and my little brother. Uh, and she was the only adult in my life that could help me figure it out. So it just, to me, when I'm 16, it felt like my life was over. Like I had, like, I just crashed my car. My mom's not here. Yeah. She's probably really disappointed in me. She's worried. Like, I remember I, I had like, I just didn't know what to do. Like I sat there for like a week, just super sad. And like, I'm 16, like looking back at it, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. As an adult me, like me seven years later, like six, seven years later, I look at it and I'm like, it's it's just a car. It's just a car. It was a cheap little car too. It was like a, like a, like a $6,000 car. It wasn't, it was, it's not like I crashed a new Lamborghini. Like, no, it was, but at the the time the value was right. Lamborghini. Right, exactly. So, like, it's all perspective and how you look at it. Because, like, yeah. whenever stuff like that happens now, I don't let it get to me. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a car. It's like you, you're alive. Be grateful that you're alive. Be grateful that your family's alive. There's yeah. no reason to be sad other than that. Like, this is the truth. Did you think your mom played a big part in your journey? Then, how did you oh, yeah. your mom? I mean, just a little bit of everything. I think the way I interact with people. Is a lot because yeah. of her, especially the way I interact with women. Um, my mom definitely kind of showed me like what hard work was, because if it's just if it's just me, it was me, her, and my little brother in the house. Yeah. So, as the oldest, you kind of have to take responsibility really fast. You grow up really fast. And I think that's kind of what helped me in entrepreneurship. Like I'm used to kind of taking charge and doing stuff, and holding myself accountable. Um, and on top of that, like she was very, very like. I don't want to say harsh, but she was, she wanted me to succeed. So when she saw me doing stuff like entrepreneurship, she was very skeptical and like scared, but yeah. it was just part of her wanting to see me win, I think. So 
stuff like that. Um, it's just, she kind of showed me like the, the value of all of that. And I feel like it shaped me as a person. No, that's good. Can t- I think with people's personalities, you can tell people have a really close relationship with their family because that comes mm. across in the way they work, the way they speak to people. And I couldn't be close to my family. I couldn't have asked for, for a better upbringing. And I think that translates awesome, in the way I talk to people and my interactions mm-hmm. with others. And I couldn't right. thank them more. And as you say, as with your mum, it's just nice to see when obviously a son appreciates their mum like that. Thank you, dude. Yeah, man, that's the love of my life. Nice. Um, so I've got some sort of straight to the point questions rather than talking. Yeah. About um, how do you define the word success? And what does success mean to you? Happiness. That's easy. It's just happiness, bro. It's just happiness. Just happiness. When I see people that are happy. Yeah. I'm jealous. Like, it, and I use this example all the time. Um, one of my best friends, right? Like he doesn't have all the cool shit I have. He doesn't get to travel all the time like I do. He doesn't have pretty much like any of the stuff I have that people would categorize as like success, right? Um, He got married at a really young age. He's 23 years old, 24 years old, and he got married and he's happy. And I think that's the most beautiful thing ever. And like, I'm I'm jealous that he found (laughs) something like that before I did, right? So that's my definition of success is just happiness. Like whatever, whatever that is, like if you're, if you're happy doing whatever you're doing, you're successful. You don't need any cool shit. You get me? Yeah. Whether you're making 30K a year, 100K a year, plus mm-hmm. happiness. Happiness. Yep. So you say your friend um, got married, relationships. Mm-hmm. I think people are quite scared to talk about relationships. <laughs> um, do you think being an entrepreneur, being busy, running your own businesses, traveling the world has affected that with Obviously, you say you're, you talk to women quite well and this and the other. Have you found that it's actually affected you as such? No, I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. It affects you in a way where, because when I was like 18 years old, I just wanted to date every single girl that I met. Like I would fall in love with every single girl that like would talk to me back, right? And I think as an entrepreneur, like you, you kind of align yourself more with people that, that you get along with or that you, mm-hmm. that you kind of, genuinely can talk to and have these conversations about um but as far as like actual relationships obviously it's hard especially in la but i mean i think if you you really take the time to get to know someone and like obviously find beauty in the stuff they do because there's like i think that's a misconception how guys will categorize like a certain girl based on what they do but like you can find beauty in everyone if you if you just look hard enough um, and there's different parts of people that make them beautiful. No, I love that. That um, shit was profound. I'm, I'm... Yeah, well, that's what we need. Yeah, that's man. what we. That's what people want to hear. That was good. Okay. How do you stay motivated? I have literally in my in my closet. I have like a walk-in closet. My closet. I have like a whiteboard on it. Yeah. And it just has a list of idols, people I look up to. It's five people. No, I'm off the top. It's a uh, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Steve Jobs, um, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Steve Jobs, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and there's one more. I don't know. It'll come to me. But I look at them. Drake. There it is. So it's Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Steve Jobs, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Drake. Um, and you got to use these people for, like, 
reference. I use them personally for motivation. But I think when you have people, because a lot of I have a lot of guy friends that are very prideful, and they're like, I don't idolize anyone. Like I'm my own person. Yeah. But like, you see these people doing something great. You have to take something from that, right? Because they've done it, and we haven't yet. We're not on that level yet. But like a good example, great example. I was in Vegas and I saw Kobe speak, and that fired me up. I came back. I've been ever since I came back to LA like three days ago. I've been on like I've been putting in 12-hour days every single day because of that. And the way it works is eventually you're going to like taper off. You'll, you'll kind of start getting complacent and unmotivated. But that's when you know, hey, I got to go and like read another person. I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, Total Recall. Fired me up. So when you see what other people are doing, it motivates you because like, yeah. this guy could do it. I could do it. But that's kind of how I stay motivated in my own head. Different things work for different people, but I think looking for sources, drawing inspiration from other people is, is one of the best things that keeps me motivated. Take note. Take note. Um, final question. Obviously, people chase money for different reasons. Some have mm-hmm. do it for the shiny object. Some do it for the freedom. Some do it because they want to travel the world. But what is the first thought that comes to your mind when I say the word money? Why do you aspire to have money what is why do you do business impact 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 so it's a combination of freedom and impact but you don't need a lot of money to have freedom you need a lot of money to have impact right and like going back to the previous question i said like lebron james one of my idols he built a school in his hometown for like underprivileged kids and i think that's fucking amazing dude that's amazing the more money you have the more lives you can change uh, Bill Gates is like eradicating malaria. So stuff like that is incredible to me. Like one person that came from nothing, especially like LeBron, he came from nothing. He had like a single mom. He grew up like poor. He had to walk to school or something. Like for him to go and go from that to where he is now, worth hundreds of millions of dollars, changing people's lives, impacting millions, it's amazing. And and money is an ultimate tool to help you do that. No. There we go. What a way to end it. I just want to say thank you for being obviously one of the first guests on my podcast. Um, uh, where can where can everyone else follow up with you? Where can they? What social platforms can they find you on? You can uh, find me on Instagram at Renee Lacad. You can also go to ReneeLacad.com and I'll have all my stuff. And I started a YouTube channel. Uh, just put Renee Lacad and it'll pop up. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. No. Well, thank you for being on the show. And no problem, man. Hope everyone follows up with you. Take care, brother. I just wanted to thank you all for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I'll leave all the relevant links mentioned in the show notes below. That's going to include the guests and my own Instagram handle where you can reach out to us with any questions you may have. In the show notes will also be any useful resources the guest or myself may have mentioned throughout the episode, so definitely check those out. I'd really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. It's only going to take a couple of seconds. If you do, it means you're going to be notified whenever I post a new episode. I'd also love if you could leave your thoughts in the rating and review section. I'm going to be reading all of these and it will help me understand what all of you are actually interested in. Leaving a rating and review will also help the podcast reach even more people, which only means better guests for all you listeners. Have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you again for listening to CEO Journals.